Hi, everybody. My name is Hafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. Tools and Technology in Translation Back in 2010, I started teaching Tools and Technology in Translation as part of the professional certificate in English and Spanish translation offered by the University of California San Diego Extension Program. Now, 12 years later, having met more than 450 students and counting, I must resort to an overused cliché and say that I have learned from my students just as much as I hope they have learned from me. Today, I wanted to go over what we get to see during our 10-week class and share some of the things that have changed since I started teaching this technology-centered class more than a decade ago. And if you like what you hear, I hope I have a chance to see you virtually in class sometime soon. But before we dig into a breakdown of each week, I must say that even though the UCSD Extension Certificate program is for English and Spanish translators, my classes are language neutral, so translation students working with any combination can participate. The class is taught in English, though, so it is important that you are proficient in the language in order to make the most of your learning experience. Most of my students have Spanish as their other main language, but I've had students from a variety of backgrounds and who are spread all over the world. We only have a few translation exercises, and it's mostly because I want to double-check how well students can interact with Word documents, so we can definitely accommodate students from other languages as much as possible if they can translate into English and Spanish or into one of my other working languages, Portuguese and Italian. Besides that, classes are online and asynchronous, so we can include students in different time zones. Because we address a different topic every week, class materials are made available on a Sunday, and students can work through the week to deliver their homework by the following Sunday in order to get graded. Having said all that, I like to tell you a bit about what we discuss each week. During week one of Tools and Technology in Translation, we get a quick introduction to how technology has been evolving and helping translators through the years. Students also get to introduce themselves by sharing their background, where they were born and have lived, their working languages, educational and professional experiences, and whether they're already working in a language-related field. The first assignment they get is to identify the skills they already have and to help them become better translators or interpreters, as well as the skills they'd like to acquire in the short term in order to develop themselves. For week two, we move on to more practical subjects, such as organizing our resources and improving productivity. That includes keeping a list of clients and colleagues to study networking opportunities based on how you can approach prospects to offer your services or create a connection with peers that have experiences that are similar to yours or who could complement the services you're already offering. As for the hands-on work for the week, 
Students get to select an article in their source language and translate about 250 words into their target language. Personally, that helps me assess their language skills, how they interact with Word documents, and what kind of subjects they're interested in, in addition to helping them keep track of how much time they invest into researching, translating, and reviewing so they can start calculating their average output. During week three, we get to explore a very important subject, seeing ourselves as business owners, not just freelancers. We talk about how students can set up their own operations and they prepare a business plan by establishing short and long-term goals in addition to brainstorming potential business names and logo ideas. That way, I can give them some feedback on their business branding and point them to additional resources based on their goals. For example, most students are interested in becoming certified, so I can help them learn more about certification opportunities. As for week four, we complement the business and branding topics we got to explore the week before, so students can roll up their sleeves and create their resume and write cover letters. I tell students they should strive to put together a one-page resume that is relevant to the language segment. And should they have extensive experience, many degrees, and other complementary information, they can list all the additional details in a professional website or a profile, such as on LinkedIn or on a job board. As for the cover letter, I encourage them to put together a template thinking about a potential client who would have a need for their service in a particular field. I highlight the fact that information about ourselves will hardly change, so we can have an introduction paragraph to include who we are and what we have to offer, as well as a closing paragraph with our prices and average output, so clients have an idea of how long it would take us to complete a project and how much they will be paying for our services. Actually, for more information on how to put cover letter templates together, I'll leave a link in this episode's description to a video I have on this particular topic. Then, during week five, we have our first exam. I give students two pretend projects they can apply for as they tweak their resume and cover letter based on the feedback they got after week four. It's always great to see how students make that leap from trying to reach out to an imaginary ideal client to writing to a pretend client who has very specific information about a project they need to get translated. And as an additional assignment, I give students four articles they can choose from so they can translate one of them into their target language. This way, I can further help them use Word more effectively, including paragraph indentation, font formatting, and hyperlink creation, among other things, in addition to giving them feedback on their translation as well. In my Tools and Technology in Translation class, we dedicate a week to creating a resume and cover letter I also encourage them to create different resumes for different purposes, depending on their language combination and specialty areas. Considering that, 
and the fact that it's always good to have a social media presence, I highly recommend that all freelancers create a bio page to direct potential clients to different resources, such as their own professional website, a relevant profile on a job site, maybe some materials they've created to educate clients on what it is that they do. You can pretty much add anything relevant to your career to a bio page to centralize all your important links. I've been using Solo.2 for this very same purpose, and it's great. My bio page is Solo.2, that's T-O-2, slash Hafa-Translates. Once again, Solo.2 slash Hafa-Translates. Solo2's interface is pretty clean, and I like how you're able to change the color scheme and make it all visually pleasant. On my Solo2 page, I direct people to my classes at UCSD Extension, the Tools and Technology Translation book, the learning sessions whose recordings I've made available online, my YouTube channel, and, of course, the Translation Confessional podcast. Use the link in this episode's description to create your own Solo2 bio page and centralize your most important professional links. Now, if you want to take advantage of the premium feature Solo2 offers, send me a private message. It can be an email or a DM on social media. And I'll send you an exclusive link for you to get 10% off if you sign up with them within 48 hours. Once you create your Solo2 page... Share it with me so I can see what it looks like. For the second half of the class, we get two weeks to work on project management and two weeks that are dedicated to CAT tools before our final exam. During week six, we talk about communication skills and the specific jargon used when negotiating with clients especially translation agencies and project managers. To complement this topic, students must choose two job board websites and create a profile to fill out a report on their experiences. I must say that I'm glad to see that in 12 years, students have been less and less resistant to this particular homework item. Quick side note. For the first few years since I started teaching tools and technology in translation, students would really dread this assignment because they'd feel exposed by having a public profile on a job board site or simply believed they lacked relevant experiences as translators or interpreters. I guess the main issue is that they thought clients would start contacting them right away once their profile was up. I then explained that's not quite the case. Having a professional profile does help with online exposure, but you still need to do quite some work to reach out to clients and start getting projects assigned to you. The way I help them approach this dreaded week is by saying that I'm acting like their mom and telling them to eat their vegetables. They may not like it, but it's good for them. Visiting job board sites and checking out potential clients and other translators, on top of reflecting on what they themselves have to offer and the goals they want to set for their own career, that's the best they can do when they're starting out. It's kind of a welcome to the jungle moment, 
because they get to see the real world out there and ask themselves questions that will only give them a clearer picture of what it's like being a freelancer in the language business. I'm glad fewer students each quarter get to experience any sort of anxiety when faced with this assignment. Most of them enjoy this exercise now, which makes me really happy because the more we discuss work conditions in the freelance job market, the better positioned they will be as translators and interpreters, and the higher our standards will be as a professional community. Moving on to week seven, we do something a bit different. The entire class must work together on a group translation and learn how to collaborate with others. I select a longer article and act as a very demanding client. I don't assign roles, but let them know that, for example, if we have 10 students, one will need to act as a project manager, six will be translators, and three will be the copy editors. They must coordinate things and finish the group project in two weeks. I keep an eye on their progress since we use Google Drive to bring everybody together and literally be on the same page. But I remain distant, as a client should, and only put my teacher's hat back on when it's time to review their work, leave some feedback, and work out any details when reading their report on what their individual experience was like while performing in their selected role. When we reach weeks eight and nine, we have a crash course on the theory behind CAT tools. It would be impractical to get any hands-on exercises in this kind of setting. We have a six-week separate class for that, but students get to familiarize themselves with how CAT tools work review all the technical lingo about translation memories and databases, and get presented with some options and how they are different. The homework for these two weeks then involves reviewing at least two blogs and podcasts during week eight so they can understand how they can continue to learn about our professional segment by reading, listening, and researching information about the TNI industry. As I always tell my tools and technology and translation students, I do believe that we can learn a lot from the wealth of material that bloggers and podcasters have to offer, even when these resources aren't updated regularly. I know some blogs and podcasts have been discontinued or are only published periodically, but going back to them and checking out some topics in particular is a great way to learn new things. And we can also get some insight on how things were done in the past and how far we've come, technology-wise, in such a short span. As for week nine, they have their last translation exercise. Once again, they choose from four articles I've selected and translate one of them into their target language. I also ask them to go through all the translation exercises they completed in class to contrast how much time they've spent on each translation in order to calculate their average output, that is, how much they can get done within an hour of work while maintaining top quality. I encourage students to keep track of how much time they spend researching, translating, 
and reviewing their work even after the class is over so they can know more about themselves as translators and ask some important questions. When are they more productive? What subjects come more easily to them? What kind of terminology or writing style have they mastered? Practicing and feeling more confident goes a long way when it comes to being a better translator and as efficient as they can be. Finally, when we get to week 10, we reflect on the ups and downs of being an independent language professional. Now that they have a clearer picture of what it actually entails and better understand that being a translator isn't just about translating. I ask students to make a list of the pros and cons of being a freelancer. And as our final exam, they put together a professional portfolio to include a resume, a cover letter, translation samples, and some marketing materials. After this 10-week journey, which actually seems to go by in the blink of an eye, students understand that the tools and technologies we use as translators go well beyond just computer-assisted translation tools. And as technology progresses and more solutions are created, we must keep an eye out for things that will help us become better, more productive, efficient, and effective, while providing the best quality possible to our clients and, most importantly, to the target audience that will be using our translations. If you're interested in taking the Tools and Technology in Translation class at the University of California, San Diego Extension, check the link in this episode's description and get a copy of the book companion to better familiarize yourself with the different aspects of being a translator, whether you're just starting out or would like to stop and reflect on where you're going next in your career in order to develop, grow, and become a sustainable language professional. Send me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation dash confessional. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and subscribe to Translation Confessional through your favorite podcast app.